So today we are going to, uh, we may call this the last message from Divine Guidance that I preach to you, um, or I might come back to it after the first of the year, but I, I felt God leading us to go through an Advent series, so we're going to be focusing on the coming of Christ through, his, through the hope that he gives us, the love, the joy, and the peace. That's the next four weeks. And then after that, Sunday of peace is Christmas. And you have an opportunity to celebrate Christmas as a family, the birth of Jesus Christ. Just don't ever forget the reason for the season. All right? And then after that, Max is going to preach a couple weeks. Pamela and I are going to go on vacation, go out to see the grandkids in Colorado for a couple weeks, and then we'll be back. And we're going to focus on the structure of the church for the new year. And it's going to be a time of um, sharing where those who are going to be serving in some leadership roles, they don't know it yet, but I'm going to ask them to, to share. <laughs> and it's going to be a comfortable way like we did with Steve and Danae, a little bit of interview time, maybe a little bit of um, just people sharing what Christ has been doing in their life too. So that'll go on for a few weeks too. And then we may come back to the Divine Guidance to finish it up. I hope that you've been finding it to be helpful um, to know that God has a very specific plan for you in your life. And the key verse for this series has been Romans 12, verse 2, the second half, where it says, you will be able to test and approve what His will is, God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The previous two weeks, we talked about what God wills for us. We first looked at God wills us to be righteous. And so we looked at what it meant for regeneration, justification, sanctification, and perfection. And then last week we looked at the fact that God wills salvation, a living hope. And we also need to remember that even though God wills these things for us so that we may always and forever be blessed in his kingdom, his kingdom of righteousness, he does not force them upon us. Today we're going to be looking at thanksgiving. God wills us to be thankful. And we're going to find that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You can go ahead and start to find your way to that as I introduce this message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Today's scripture that we're going to read in just a second here challenges us to be thankful in all circumstances. We know that not all things are good in our lives. We know that, well, they are good, but they're not pleasant. <laughs> they're not always pleasant. Things will work together for good, though, for those who love Christ. We will examine three things that we should all be able to to give thanks to God for. So let's open up 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 
Boy, that doesn't want to roll off my tongue very well, does it? Thessalonians. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you're in the Pew Bible, it's on page 1,838. And I'm going to read verses 16, 17, and 18. The first two are both, both just two words each for the whole verse. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And then verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is what? God's will. God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So let's first look at the fact that giving thanks is for all of God's blessings. No matter what happens in our lives, God wills for us to be thankful. That's what it says here, in all circumstances. Now this does not mean that everything in your life will be pleasant. Life deals us suffering, heartache, anxieties. How about pandemics and trials? But Christians do not need to be concerned because we have a promise from Romans 8, verse 28, that says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. If we have God's will in our thinking, in our doing that we looked at earlier in this series, and also in our placement, where we're at, and we're seeking divine guidance on a daily basis in everything that we do, then even suffering that comes upon us can become a blessing. All things are not good. All things are not pleasant. But all things work together for good if you are a child of God. Since all things work together for good, then it is God's will that we thank the Lord for everything that comes into our lives. We thank God for blessings. We thank God for our successes. We thank God for our victories. And now in this scripture, God calls us to thank him also for the difficulties in the times of suffering. Because they too work together for good. This is a contradictory thought in our human sinful nature, isn't it? But I want you to ponder upon it this week as you prepare for celebrating Thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God for his blessings. It should be one of the distinctive marks of a believer in Jesus Christ. It's not an empty platitude of, smile, God loves you. But it's a deep belief and an understanding that anything that's going on in your life, God can work together for good. 
We must not allow a spirit of ingratitude to harden our hearts and call our relationship or and chill our relationship with God and with others. Think about that scripture that I read earlier about the lepers. Only one came back to thank God. You know, nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And nothing will do more to restore contentment and joy in our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness in our heart. Our old sin nature makes us naturally ungrateful. We think we deserve things. We, we take for granted the ways that others help us. And above all, we, we fail to thank God for all of his heavenly blessings that he pours out upon us. Just think about what we've been going through. The pandemic, COVID-19. I, I looked up some numbers this week from the CDC. In the United States, cases confirmed are greater than 46 million. 46 million cases. And deaths are confirmed to be greater than three quarters of a million. More than 750,000 people have died in the U.S. from COVID. Now, how many of us have had COVID-19 and survived? Many. How many thanked God? How many thank God for your healing? How many thank God daily for not even getting COVID-19? Or do you just take it for granted? Orphans. Did you realize that more than 140,000 children have lost their main caregiver due to a death of COVID-19? They had an adult in their life that was giving them a home and basic needs, and now they lost it. They've lost that love, that security, and that daily care that they were getting. Children's lives have been permanently changed by the loss of a mother or a father or a grandparent who was providing them the home that they needed, the basic needs that they had, and the care. Now, they will not all land in foster care. Thank God that some, some family members will step up and help. But many of them will end up in foster care. So it's really important for us. We've got this little tree in the back to reach out to some that we can that are in foster care that we can help. I think there's four tags on that tree left yet. Those of you that took your tags, let this be a reminder to bring back your gifts on this, by December 5th and put them under the tree. Those of you that haven't taken a tag, there's still some there that you can take. Let us be a blessing to those children this Christmas time. 
ingratitude. If we just say, oh, well, that's just too bad. It's a sin. Ingratitude is a sin just as surely as lying or stealing or immorality or any other sin is condemned by the Bible. One of the Bible's indictments against rebellious humanity is in Romans 1.21. And it says, Although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. An ungrateful heart that is cold toward God and indifferent to His mercy and love. It's a heart that has forgotten how dependent we are on the one who created us. How dependent we are for the one who sustains us, who gives us everything. From one end of the Bible to the other, we are commanded to be thankful. God wills us to be thankful. Thankfulness is the natural outflowing of our heart that is attuned to God, living within divine guidance, the psalmist declared, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving in Psalm 147. From our scripture here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, a spirit of thanksgiving is always marked with a joyous Christian. Verse 16. And one who prays continually verse 17 and then Paul wrote in verse 18 give thanks in all circumstances this is God's will for you why should we be thankful because God has blessed us and we should be thankful for each and every blessing so let's look at three things that we should thank God for First of all, let's talk about thanking God for our blessings of material things and people that are in our lives. We just don't seem satisfied with what we have. doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, healthy or sick. Our human nature is to want more. But what a difference it makes when we realize that everything and every person that we have in our lives have been given to us by God. King David prayed to God, and he said in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, Wealth and honor come from you. We give you thanks, and we praise your glorious name. Everything comes from you, David said to God. As far as I know, everyone sitting here today has a warm place to sleep and enough food if you don't let me or one of the elders know because we are the church and no one here should be in want for that some of us may not have much though but we have learned to be thankful for everything that God has given us Paul declared I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, 
whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. A spirit of thankfulness makes all the difference. We must be careful not to be constantly preoccupied with what we do not have. Likewise, it's easy to take people that are in our lives for granted or even to complain because the people in our lives have done something that have made us angry. Maybe they just don't meet our every wish. But we need to give thanks for those that are around us, our spouses, our children, our relatives, our friends, our church family, our co-workers, and all those who help us in some way. Because these are all divine appointments. God's will for your life. Do you let others know that you appreciate them and that you're thankful for them? From my own experience, there has been nothing more effective as a servant leader, a supervisor of people, than to thank and encourage the people that I work with to unleash their full ability. They're encouraged and they'll try harder and harder. It carries over all people we encounter. There is a double blessing when we thank and encourage someone. They are blessed and God blesses us. The Apostle Paul also knew the power and joy of thanking others as he wrote his first letter to the Christians in Corinth. Even though he knew they were far from perfect, he said this, I always thank God for you. Thank God for your material blessings and the people that he has put in your life. This is God's will for you. The second thing that we need to consider is thanking God in the midst of trials and heartaches. We often draw back from difficulties, yet not, not one of us is exempt from some kind of trouble. Think for a moment. It might actually hurt, but I want you to think. What is the worst thing that you can remember that has happened in your life? Perhaps it was a loss of a child or a parent or a spouse. Perhaps you were violated in a very personal way. Perhaps you fought through a severe health issue. Perhaps you were in a very evil life situation that you just could not see a way out at the time. Perhaps you're going through one of those most difficult times of your life right now. For all these things, I'm sorry, I know it hurts. And to be honest, I do not suspect that everyone sitting here today is ready to thank God for their suffering and difficulties that life 
has thrown their way. If you're not ready to thank God, you're probably not alone. But what I'd like you to do is look around. The people in front of you, behind you, and beside you, you are right here today at Living Hope in the house of God. You can see, you can feel, God loves you. You can know that God cares deeply for you. God's family, the church, cares about you more deeply than you can ever imagine. You are not alone. And you have discovered that God is in control. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, all things are working together for good according to God's plan for your life. And as we mature in our Christian walk, as we learn what the Bible teaches us about divine guidance, as we yield all that we are and all that we have to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, as we take all our thoughts captive for Christ, we will find that it is possible to thank the Lord in all things. 1 Peter 4.19, it suggests that even God's will is that we might suffer. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Now, God does not will evil in your life. But he does expect us to overcome it and to grow closer to him. Are you thankful no matter what? Some circumstances can be tre tremendously difficult. But even so, we all have much to be thankful for. I don't know all the trials that each one of you are facing. But God does. There's one of those but God. But God does. And he does love you. And he is with you. And through us in our relationship with Jesus Christ, he is filling you with his power through the Holy Spirit. Cultivate that spirit of thankfulness, even in the midst of trials and heartaches. Now the third thing we need to be thinking about is thanking God for caring. He cares so much that he is in your life. God has given us the greatest gift of all, his son, who died on the cross and bore our sins. He died because that's what our sins deserve. But he rose again on the third day. He had us personally in mind during this entire time. And he wants us to spend eternity with him, now and in heaven. Thanks be to God for his 
indescribable gift. Last week we looked deeper into what the Bible says about salvation and the living hope that we have through Jesus Christ. There's no doubt that we are all separated from God before we accept Christ as our Savior because we've sinned. But God, but God cares and He loves for us. He loves you. He loves for us to turn to Him. He wants us to be a part of His family forever. He loves us so much that He sent His only Son into the broken world to die a perfect sacrifice for us. So how long has it been since you thank God for your salvation? Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it? Do you wake up every day and thank God for your salvation and what Jesus Christ did for you? We should not let a day go by without thanking God for His mercy and for His grace and for His Son, Jesus Christ. When we come to Christ, it's not the end, but it is the beginning of a whole new life. We have a living hope. He is with us, and He wants to help us to follow Him and His Word. God wills us to live by the power of His Spirit. Thank God for caring. God is in your life. I, had, I have more written down here, just a second. And I actually crossed it out this weekend because I didn't think I'd have time to read it, but I do. This was written by Billy Graham. This was his final writing. It was in response to the question, Mr. Graham, how would you like to be remembered? Here is his final writing about four years ago. At the age of 99, think about it, at the age of 99, and he had given his life to Christ at the age of 16, so after 83 years of walking with Christ, here's what he had to say. I hope I will be remembered as someone who was faithful, faithful to God, faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and faithful to the calling that God gave me, not only as an evangelist, but as a husband, a father, a friend. I'm sure, he said, that I've failed in many ways, but I take comfort in, in Christ's promise of forgiveness. And I take comfort also in God's ability to take even our most imperfect efforts and use them for his glory. By the time you read this, I will be in heaven. And as I write this, I'm looking forward with great anticipation to the day when I will be in God's presence forever. I'm convinced, he said, that heaven is far more glorious than anything we can possibly imagine right now. And I look forward not only to its wonder and peace, but also to the joy of being 
reunited with those who have gone before me, especially my dear wife, Ruth. The Bible says, now we see with a poor reflection as in a mirror, then we will see face to face. But I won't be in heaven because I've preached to large crowds or because I've tried to live a good life. I'll be in heaven for one reason. Many years ago, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to make our forgiveness possible, and he rose again from the dead to give us eternal life. Do you know you will go to heaven when you die? You can by committing your life to Jesus Christ today. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Doesn't that sound like Billy Graham? Right up to the end, he shared God's desire for all humanity that none should perish. He was always asking that question. Do you know you will go to heaven? Do you know Jesus Christ. Let's pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, consider this question today. Do you know the joy and the living hope of a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Right now, in the privacy of your soul, you can turn to God. He is the one that can take away your bitterness, your shame, and your guilt. And he will give you the spirit of true thankfulness. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. This morning we are going to share in the Lord's table as we think about this week in preparation for Thanksgiving and gathering people around your table. I want you to realize that at this table, all are invited. All who accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't need to be a member of this church. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and these elements will be very real to you as you take them and as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together as a family. I like using 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul gives some directions about the Lord's Supper, and the first thing I like reading is from verse 27 because it's a warning, and I think we all need to heed this warning before we get up and come to the table. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Every one of us must examine ourselves before we eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ 
eat and drink judgment on themselves. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we want to take an opportunity now before we come to the table to remember that we can come in righteousness simply by confessing our sins to you and you promise to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, we ask that these elements that are at this table become very real to each one of us to take them as we remember how Christ's body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us and he told us to take and eat and to drink in remembrance of what he's done for us. 